1: To, you know spin it back to, to Bitcoin because Bitcoin actually does in Bitcoin mining and the the uh, um, you know going after stranded energy um, definitely helps with this versus the narrative which says that it's going to boil the oceans it's the exact opposite
0: yeah I mean Bitcoin accounts for what less than one percent of global uh, energy usage it's tiny it's it's ridiculously tiny the amount of energy Bitcoin uses in comparison to all this other stuff.
1: And and I'd really love to see the comparison of, of, of Bitcoin usage or what Bitcoin usage would be in the future in a hybridized Bitcoin world when you get rid of all of the financial uh, industry's energy usage as well. I'd really love to see the comparison between the two.
0: Right. Imagine for just a second that all those bank buildings in every city weren't there. Like well, it's, it's not just the bank buildings, Alex.
1: That. It's it's the people driving to get to the bank buildings. It's all of the all of the peripheral stuff that happens with those bank. I mean, the banking industry is huge. How many people work in the banking industry? How many people commute to go to jobs in the banking industry? I mean, it's massive. There'll still be yeah,
2: Bitcoin that's fair. Banks. However, They're I think, think a lot of the, on the Bitcoin standard.
0: Sorry, we are good. I think a lot of the fud surrounding. Driving, though, is really all about um, control and getting people locked down in terms of their movement. Like, if you look at, you know, the the Agenda 2030 stuff, you look at all the messaging that comes out of, like, you know, the WEF and from Bill Gates and, you know, the, the quote, future city planners that are working with the WEF. They basically want humans to stop moving around. There's a pilot program that they're going to launch. I forget the city, but it's over in Europe somewhere where they're basically going to do this thing where you can register your vehicle, but they're going to divide the city into districts and you are not allowed to cross districts. You you only get so many passes of through districts a year with your vehicle. And I think it's like a hundred is what they're proposing to start with. So in other words, you can't go from one major neighborhood to another more than a hundred times in a year. This is all about control. So control of movement, control of energy, and control of food are the three pillars of tyranny. And uh, they're planning on rolling this out. So it's all part of this narrative that you're not supposed to move around. Like, you know, you need to stay locked down because that's how they fucking control people.
1: It really sounds like, what's that movie you like so much? Um, Time or whatever it is. The one where they... They have the time, you know, in the yeah. in, in the, time. In yeah. time. Yeah. yeah it's really there's sounds another
0: like that. there's another uh series that I watched that was really freaking creepy. I think it was the colony or something like that. Same deal. They basically divided humanity into districts and your movement was completely controlled. And they would use you know, I mean, it's an it's really <laughs> it's just, just so freaking crazy. I think you're talking it's about the Hunger Games Alex. Well, they did it in Hunger Games too, yeah.
3: Snowpiercer is also pretty cool.
2: Um, I was going to say, uh, no, this is going to matter when they crack nuclear fusion. So, you know, we're going to live in a really nice cushy world in about five to 10 years. And we're going to have unlimited energy, unlimited food. Government's going to be nice to us. So no worries, guys. Just hang in there. Hang tight.
0: (laughs) You're kidding, right? I, I know you got to be kidding. I mean, I'm not saying nuclear fusion isn't real. I don't really know. I don't have an opinion on that. But you really think that, like, they're going to let people use that technology and it's not going to be controlled by the lizard people? I mean, we we can do SMRs now. Why aren't we doing that? Uh, is there any plausible reason why we're not doing SMRs right now?
2: Because they create such toxic waste, obviously. It's so dangerous. But nuclear fusion, nuclear fusion is, is going to be the way that's you know, very safe.
0: You know what's interesting about that Wicked is some of these SMRs actually use spent fuel rods as fuel. So they it's the opposite of that. They're gonna they're gonna get rid of the nuclear waste. So I mean, there's no to me it just doesn't it. The only explanation is is that it's this whole fucking Malthusian worldview. To me.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think that, you know, there's there are controls in place that are trying to restrict certain things. Um, I do think that we will move towards uh, a world with less controls, though, uh, as time progresses. I mean, this can only last so long before you have a complete revolution. And, you know, it, the government's not so powerful that it could squash a worldwide revolution. I mean, that's just not—they're not there yet, and I don't think they ever will be. I think you can't stop eight billion people who are angry and upset and hungry. Um, I don't. I don't if ever, you can't bro. stop. You can't stop twenty million Americans who
1: who own who own uh, sidearms. Period.
0: Okay, so these things are true, but it, they take time. I mean, they can take generations. Like look at China, yeah. for example. China's yeah. been okay. under communist rule for two generations. They haven't revolted.
2: Oh, they're starting to.
1: Yeah, hold on. That we know of. We we don't always see what goes on in China, do we?
2: Well, That's I don't know, point. man. I
0: my family's Chinese. We have lots of people who's you know I'm I'm part Chinese, part Hawaiian. I have lots of family members who are connected to people who have family members, et cetera, who still live there. And so we get pretty good. I don't know. We get pretty good intel feeds on what's going on over there.
2: I'm full apple.
0: <laughs>
1: where's where's terrence to speak for uh china when we need him i just wanted to uh sorry i was, oh, I was what are you
0: trying like to say like i like can't were... speak for china i'm i'm part chinese
1: yeah i'm going that was kind with of racist. racist i'm i'm going Sounds to get a yeah, with what terrence has to say yeah anyway like
3: back to the important part of the conversation um so like Another thing, like, as far as, like, the, the ridiculousness of, like, the CO2 stuff you guys were talking about, I apologize for hearkening back a little bit. Like I was saying, I was showering because I went to the gym early because of this blizzard that's hitting the Midwest. Um, but, like, another, like, just the silly part of this, all this, like, CO2 catastrophization that's going on is I don't know if you guys saw but back in 2019 NASA published some information stating how the continent of Asia has gotten more green since they industrialized the continent between China and India. And people aren't considering how like you need CO2 in the air if you want to grow agriculture. Like that's just that that's just a patent fact. And if we have more population growing every single day, which we do, you're going to need more food which means you're going to need more agriculture aside from like growing fruits and vegetables. You're going to need more agriculture to feed livestock. So like nobody, nobody is like actually thinking beyond this, like, oh, God, there's more CO2 in the air. And you're like, you can't breathe it. and It's poisonous. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, sure. But the the make the the breakdown of the atmosphere is like, what is it like? 18, 20% carbon dioxide and it's, like, 80%, like, fucking nitrogen or something? Yeah, like mostly
2: nitrogen. Yeah.
3: Like, so, like, nobody's, like, actually thinking about the re- the reality of the situation. So, like, all this carbon dioxide catastrophization is just a bunch of nonsense, and you guys should just, like, really just push it out of your mind's eye, really.
0: That's the part yeah. that blows my mind, because plants eat, eat plants eat carbon. I mean, that's what they eat.
3: <laughs> they have, they have carbon it. dioxide Play emitters it. in Food. some greenhouses. Like, like come on guys like jesus christ it comes right, to Bane. this world's
4: the, the world's desperate like there's this big struggle for control of the world of like delivering and controlling the world's power supply there's this great book called the prize it's all about this and how a lot of these like control things when you trace them back to like the the incentives and like the why and the who it gets down to like this this, and we know about FUD. we know all about it in this space. and we've seen we see what they'll what they're willing to do to get the public's, you know, the dumb public's opinion swayed in their favor. I mean, this this is like an an old playbook already, and the Bitcoiners are hip to it now. We're seeing it because of what's happening to us and in this space. But this a lot of this stuff, when when you read like the prize and some other materials like that, you start going down that rabbit hole. I'm like a wholehearted believer. Like when I see this big struggle and all this and this push for ESG and like all these like you know failed technologies that we know the energy economics don't exist to make them useful uh, in practical you know real world application, then it's like you realize that. So then what are these stories about? Like what are the Why are they trying so hard to to push these things that aren't economically feasible? And it comes down to trying to wrestle control. From this, like you know, decades old, these agreements in power—it's it's crazy to watch.
5: Yeah, and and on that note, you know, we're we're talking about control and energy and food. And uh, this this fellow by the name of David Ike once said, "Quote: If people depend on you for food, you control them. Where food is abundant and cheap, you do not control them." where energy is cheap and abundant, you do not control them. And scarcity equals dependency equals control. And I think that's like, it's, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around that like type of like negativity, but, but it really is um, it, 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 it's really becoming obvious in in a lot of different like uh, faucets like that, that, that it is, it is about control and, um, in in terms of like nuclear energy it's it's fascinating you know they're they're safe and effective enough for us to put them in submarines and and aircraft carriers but but they're not safe and effective enough to deploy them like uh you know locally in in certain jurisdictions or, or and 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 I think the narrative is like this not in my backyard um but but it's 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 feasible we have the technology today it's safe enough for sailors it's it's safe enough for for folks like in their neighborhoods or, or in, in industrial areas. And it's gotta be safer than like knocks and socks being poured out of like these, these smokestacks. And I think the main, like there's a couple different like ways that, that nuclear and and atomic like uh, energy have been restricted over the years. I think a lot of it's got to do with like excess burdensome regulations. Um, And, and a lot of it has to do with like public perception that has been morphed by these like so-called environmentalist groups like, uh, Greenpeace and, and like the environmental defense fund, like these, these non, these NGOs that, um, have really like, y- you know, affected public perception. And they're really, it, it's almost like they're not, they're not just against like ill effects on the climate. They're, they're against people having energy sovereignty. And, um, and part of it, you see this bleed off into like, uh, um y- you see this bleed off in some of the like uh, documentaries that you see like the 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 dramatization of of Chernobyl on HBO and then recently Netflix came out with one um for the Three Mile Island incident and it's just they're very anti nuclear anti progress and uh I think they've done harm to this like you know, clean and abundant energy future that we could all be, be living in right now. And part of it's because these like, you know, faux environmentalist organizations have really, you know, stopped the, stopped the progress of humanity.
0: Yeah. And it's, I mean, they've created an irrational fear of nuclear energy. And if you look at all the money, who funded, who funded all of that, that movement, decades ago it was the petroleum companies <laughs> not that they'd have a reason to to try to get people not to use nuclear or anything
6: can i just but
7: jump in
0: yeah you may in a minute because but i'm because i'm i'm still talking but you know it, it just blows my mind that you know we don't have smrs because that technology has been safe and we've just like bain said we've used it in small nuclear reactors and in naval vessels for decades I was in the Navy. I know lots of guys that were in the Navy, many of them nuclear attacks, and none of them have eye stocks growing out of their forehead. They're all normal. They're all fine. Go ahead, Crizo.
7: Hey, thanks for letting me up. Um, so the, the only issue I have with this whole line of thought about, you know, CO2 emissions are changing naturally, all that stuff, climate change changes over time, it is the how rapid it is happening. If you look at, uh, like, measurements of these things, since the industrial age began, like, this stuff has just shot off the charts. Like, the, the change in the average uh, temperature of the earth has gone up, like, one or two degrees, and that stuff takes, like, thousands of years to change. So, how do you square no, that away? No, it
0: doesn't. No, it doesn't. Like, do, you weren't. You must have not been here when we were talking about the Maunder minimum, the Maunder maximum, which is a 300-year cycle. Like, it, are you comparing that acceleration data to the last Monder minimum monitor maximum? I would suggest no, because 300 years ago we weren't even tracking
7: information. Not, not all this be,
0: shit is all this shit sense. is like, pretty much made up. Like Alex, you have not,
7: no. How, how is that not made up then? 300 years ago, you're making that shit up too.
3: I, I apologize. No, I'm, I'm not. Kind of, I was breaking the the formality of the situation because I thought Alex was done. Um, but like you guys, like with especially on this topic, like nature operates on free markets and bubbles so what what i'm getting at is that like with regards to like this this temperature change conversation the variables that are going to lead to this temperature change are going to build up just like a bubble does in a financial market
1: to the point of where it's going to
3: gain the the momentum to where it explodes in an exponential expansion like that like the that yes. just because it's rising and changing rapidly does not mean that it's like man-made or artificial or forced.
0: I agree with that. And you can observe this in natural cycles. This is all throughout nature. Like if you for example, you know, you, you take a petri dish, you put some food in there and some bacteria. What hap- what happens? The bacteria grows at an exponential rate. It accelerates massively until it eats the food. And then what happens? The colony collapses and it resorts back to the, the norm. I mean, we have so many examples of this. You guys remember that, that, um, oil rig that, that had a problem in the Gulf of Mexico. And there, you know, it was like people were talking about, it. it was like the, the biggest petroleum disaster in the history of mankind. And it had this gigantic oil spill that was huge. I mean, you could see it from almost from space, right? Within like a month and a half, it was gone. What happened to that? These freaking bacteria that eat oil, yeah, it exploded and ate it all. Like it's that's that's how nature works. And you know, to Crizzo's point about well, we don't know that. I'm just making that. No, I'm not making it up. We have there. There's nautical charts from 300 years ago where it passes in the north. There was no ice, no ice. They were driving through there like you know, no icebreakers. It was like, yeah, oh, cool. We have data that proves this. It's just nobody bothers to look at it.
5: And I, I think another point to that is that CO two parts per million, like the the carbon dioxide concentrations on the planet, were much higher prehistorically, um, like measured in ice cores. And you know it's obviously estimations, but there it was it, it was to the point where it was like four thousand plus parts per million um, CO two. And um, in in ce- certain situations with that high of carbon concentration, the temperatures were much lower you know, like specific ice age cycles with higher carbon concentrations than we see today. And so, you know, the, apparently this like Goldilocks number of carbon concentration in the atmosphere is like 200 parts per million or something. Um, and like maybe today we're 300 to 400, depending on where and when you're measuring. Um, but the, the reality is, is that the carbon concentration prehistorically was up to 10 times higher than it was today. And life seemed to thrive I don't know if you're familiar with the Cambrian explosion, this like period in prehistory where like, you know, life flourished. The most amount of species were, um, you know, discovered in, in, in the fossil records. And, and and like this Cambrian explosion refers to this explosion of life on the planet over like a relatively short period of time. And noteworthily is that the carbon concentrations were higher than 4,000 parts per million during this Cambrian explosion. So to think that, carbon is is somehow you know s- s- carbon is the building block of life and so to think that for some reason having higher carbon concentrations is bad for for the planet or bad for humanity or bad for all these ecosystems is just false
2: it's so,
7: also
5: important to realize that it's a closed system so it's
2: not like this carbon's coming from nowhere it's carbon that you know has always been here and it's well, cycling
1: so I, I, I'd like to bring it back to, to nuclear and, and SMRs. I, I totally agree that the, that the narrative uh, surrounding that has has been um, manufactured. Um, I think we can all also agree that uh, what happened at Chernobyl was a disaster. Um, but that doesn't mean that uh, that nuclear power isn't safe. It means that those plant designs, which have been altered since then, were not safe. So uh, and I agree, you know, it has been they've been in nuclear subs for decades. And this is this is absolutely true. Um, unfortunately, our our politicians uh, in this country, certainly, and I think everywhere, Um, The cowards that they are uh, will not try to change that narrative because they will because they know that that since that since the population believes whatever it is that they believe at this point, that they can use that against their opponents. Anybody that tries to 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 get office based on a platform that they are going to support nuclear energy is not going to make it into office. I mean, that's just the that's just the reality, and that is because of our our political system and the way you guys, you know what you, what has been mentioned, the way that fear is used um, in, as a weapon uh, in in politics and in our society in general. And it is it is truly unfortunate because this climate change uh, narrative, right or wrong. Um, uh, or excuse me the climate change crisis right or wrong would certainly be um uh, diminished by a widespread use of
2: nuclear power i have a question all right i think i think we're focusing on the wrong demographic or the wrong regions when we're talking about bringing um smrs you know into existence why don't we fucking build these things in places that have very loose regulations, why don't we build them like all around Africa? You yes, like, like why don't we just show South the world America. how 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 these things are actually pretty safe, and how they can fucking give like 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 you know boundless amounts of energy? Because then it's a shelling point. <laughs> then it's like then it's like, well, wait a second, everyone over there is getting fucking free energy. Like why don't we have this shit? It's a watershed moment
3: too, You know, like like we're focusing on on
2: building them here where it's being suppressed. And obviously it's going to be tough to like, to to fucking overcome these regulations. Why don't we just fucking build them in other places where they don't have fucking regulations? Do it for free. Who gives a shit? Just show the world that it's possible. Great point.
0: point. And, And you know what? That might happen. You know, like you were talking about the other day, like we were originally saying that Bitcoin mining takes advantage of stranded power and all that other kind of stuff and we were saying well you use waterfalls and all that and it was just theory right but then it started to happen it's happening in africa right now so who knows you know maybe maybe entrepreneurial people will get together and they'll install some smrs and they'll mine some bitcoin and they'll provide cheap power and like the the standard of living in in africa will will grow and it'll be a great example to the world uh, okay, we so. we
3: have a Alex. We have an infiltration mission now. We need to get the ear of whoever is leading the the Gates Foundation, so that they can like put all that money that they're like these billionaires are gonna just stupidly just dump into charity. Like, let's get like a couple tens of millions of dollars. Uh, get one of these good
1: SMRs. luck. Good yeah, luck with that. Right. That's,
0: lizard, on, that's lizard. Central, Ter- that's lizard
1: man central, dude. Terrence is on stage. I'm sure he has a direct him. line to to the Gates Foundation
8: parents i uh, used to i'm not sure what you guys are proposing but um yeah.
9: <laughs> uh, just, just, all just, right just let's fork see.
3: over tens of millions of dollars they were gonna do it anyway to <laughs> to fund an smr that's gonna power like a, a local um like living situation village town whatever over in africa or south america then we can prove what happens when you actually put an smr out and how safe it is and how like rapidly that that What's society or SMR that village, like,
1: grows and expands small. Uh, small
3: like small modular reactor
1: can you okay. Terrence? can you talk to your to your contacts high up in the chinese uh, government
9: <laughs> <Jeez>.
8: <laughs> i believe uh, it could be sponsored by swan yeah we'll have to co-brand
0: um, okay, let's do this. Let's hit an uh, intro of the show, and then we'll go with Tomer. <laughs> Tomer cracks me up because he, <laughs> he's got a lot of wisdom in a lot of these areas, and he sits patiently, and he listens to us, like, ramble on about nonsense, and then he comes and sets it all straight. Uh, you're listening to Cafe Bitcoin. Good morning and welcome. This is episode 245, nine days left to tax loss harvest in the 2022 tax year. Fountain shadows to sat Nakamoto RAG3AF. MA21M0, user 2515622, Anon Navigator, Lentable, mg MGB256, and BTC Hydra. And are you ready? The Bitcoin impenetrable force field level is at? 230X hash.
2: Ooh, <laughs> 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 that was fast. Good job. Fast, guys. right?
4: Now, Way to go. since, uh, uh, we- you know, price is also an important, I know people don't believe it, but price is also an important you know security indicator and uh you know we are 75% down from the all time high as we know but we are up 5.5% in the last 30 days so let's go can you can you put we, that
1: can you put that exahash into perspective for those of us that don't necessarily understand what that means as far no, as the, no you can it's, other... it's, <laughs> it, it's it's,
8: it's a too shit much. ton. it's, it's just a shit ton just put it yeah. that way
4: so um, when When the network – so I'll just tell you what I have on time change stats. It says the hash rate is the measuring unit of the processing power of the Bitcoin network. The Bitcoin network must make intensive mathematical operations for security purposes. When the network reached a hash rate of 10 terahash per second, for example, it meant that it could make 10 trillion calculations per second.
2: Um. And I have a suggestion for time chain stats and I think it's it's more relevant than just price. Okay, hit um, me out with that, it. Check out that chart I just posted up above. It's the value of the entire world measured in terms of bitcoin.
0: <laughs> other oh, other interesting funny. <laughs> Other interesting stats. One year, four months from the next, having fifty five thousand nine hundred fifty nine sats per U.S. dollar. So for people who think you've missed it, you haven't, you can stack sats with as little as 20 bucks at a time. 91.62% of the total supply of Bitcoin has already been issued. And there won't ever be any more. Thomas Stralight, good morning.
9: Hey, good morning. I don't even know. I've only been listening for about five minutes. I don't even know what what uh, to weigh in, in on in particular. I was originally just responding to this notion about the Gates Foundation sponsoring uh, a small modular reactor somewhere potentially in Africa or South America. I, I think, you know, I'm going to roll this back. Like, I think Bill Gates got into this with some decent intentions of redeeming himself. But like so many of these organizations, they got taken over by philosophies that aren't pro-human. They aren't, uh, (laughs) and and he had a very unique thing because I remember I have a friend who, I have a friend who worked for Microsoft in the early days, got in on Expedia early, which was a Microsoft initiative in the earliest days of the internet, made a whole bunch of money on options and wants to do something good for the planet and wants to, the last time I spoke to him, which was a little over a year ago, wanted to actually dedicate his time to the Gates Foundation and what he thought was so unique about it was Gates is saying, let's do charitable things, but let's let's make them profitable. Let's do them with a profit motive so that they can sustain themselves. But this thing became so perverse, as you can see, it's like, well, if you if you manufacture vaccines with a profit motive, then you have the motive to get governments all over the world to mandate that everybody takes them over making them highly effective. And Bill Gates has been all over all over the place talking about vaccines and you can see that his framing of them presumes presumes their efficacy and then presumes the means justifying the ends or the ends justifying the means rather on on how to get rolled out and it's and it's really in a sense heartbreaking because he's to the extent that he <laughs> was trying to find redemption he found that the road to hell was paved with good intentions and uh, and so i, I don't think you'll be able to persuade his organization to do these things because there's just, there's so much vested interest in the status quo that you have to do what Satoshi did, which is not to ask permission from someone in power and just do that and say, get the hell out of my way, not ask for permission, but I say, who the hell is going to stop me and do some of these things. So that's, I don't know. That's a, that's my little piece of reflection for this morning to start. Are you still like doing your morning walks in the middle of winter? Oh my god, today so I'm I'm very fortunate. It's only, it's, it's only about freezing 0 degrees Celsius over here. You really are the, Canadian. There's sun. The, the forest <laughs> like the gravel is no longer accessible. It's covered in a sheet of snow and ice, but every day that I get a chance to go out you bet your ass I'm going to go out and try I, to enjoy the I forest. I think
8: Tomer has a uh, treadmill with gravel on it, so it sounds like he's outside, and he's tricking us.
9: Actually, I didn't say this, but starting this week on Monday, it's like Thursday now, on Monday and Tuesday, the Twitter spaces I participated in with you guys, was it was too cold to go outside and too miserable. So I went to my basement, where, where I have, like so many others of us, abandoned, largely abandoned exercise equipment, and so I was actually lifting weights and doing resistance training, and doing tai chi let's go which, so we'll see if, if this keeps going through the winter i might be jacked by the end <laughs> you <laughs> know i could have sworn to time you, time were going to say, you
10: were
1: gonna
9: say you had a gravel garden
1: downstairs <laughs> and you were just walking back and forth <laughs> through it
10: i was war time ask,
3: gravel to his treadmill so that he could still get the the audible stimuli of hearing the gravel while next
8: Mike, next specific Bitcoin, Tomer's going to walk around with a tank top just like showing off his pecs. And it's like jacked and we're like, Let's holy hell. <laughs>
3: every Bitcoin conference needs to have a bunch of jack dudes that are proud of what they've done. Including women. <laughs> women can be jacked too. So everybody should be in the gym.
8: Squats. Don't forget to eat raw steak and liver, Tomer, no. for the game. I was going to say,
9: and, and to take your steroid injections twice a day. <laughs>
8: <laughs> there you go.
3: Get, get real ancestral, like the Liver King. You
0: guys were to talk about this omnib, omn, um, omnibus, whatever bill. The
1: seventeen thousand uh, pages, pages of of uh, legislation.
9: Where was seventeen thousand? I thought it's it was
6: 4,100 4,
9: pages. A mere, yeah. a mere paperback. Uh, a mere leaflet. Ah, uh, who's counting?
6: <laughs> Has
1: it passed like, how about there's nothing to talk about. They're gonna they're gonna pass it. They have no idea what's in it. They have they, they don't find out what's in it until long after it's been passed. But what's the point of talking about? It? Who cares? It, they're
0: gonna there's do a it lot anyways. of. There's a lot of pork in it, and I think it's important to talk about because this is where all the inflation is coming from. My opinion. There's a lot more no, inflation no, coming they're, from they're, these they're, spending Alex, bills.
8: They're printing that money to fight inflation. Remember the the Newsom effect. Yes.
0: Yeah, so let's just, yeah, let's, you know, it, it's mind-blowing to me how corrupt the whole thing has become because, like, what are they spending this money on, you know? This money that's being used to debase the currency, or I should say other. it's having the effect of debasing the currency. We all get to deal mm-hmm. with that. And uh, it's lame. That's why everybody needs the Bitcoin. Do you, you, think, the Bitcoin. Do you think that we Stack could look the Bitcoin. at— Take think- self-custody of the Bitcoin.
1: Do you think that we could look at uh, Pelosi's trades to get an idea of what they're spending it on before they spend it? Well,
3: she'd probably be looking at her husband's trades, not hers.
7: Just saying.
8: Guys, but at least there's going to be bee friendly highways.
0: (laughs) At least. Yeah, that's some of the nonsense for real. That's a real thing. So some of the craziness. (laughs) I'm going to read some of this stuff. (laughs) They're basically prohibiting any funding to improve border security in the United States. Yet 410 million is going towards border security for Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, and Oman. Last I checked, these countries are not within the United States of America. (laughs) That's very very strange.
9: Just to add to that, Alex, what are those countries' border security issues? Like who's – are people trying to get in or are people trying to get I out don't, i don't i don't know the latest on there but who are they who are they concerned about coming in to their border or are they concerned about people trying to leave and they need to trap them in well, i don't know enough a lot of our military or right
8: now, it's, are,
0: or or are they even concerned and is this a way for them to funnel money to buddies of theirs that somehow ends up benefiting them in some strange way. I don't know. Hmm. So the,
1: the Jordanians don't want the Palestinians coming into the uh, in, into into Jordan and claiming uh, ancestral Palestinian land that Jordan has um, because the Israelis are stuck with the Palestinian problem. Yeah. That's
9: a good
0: but there was point. But there's more than just Jordan listed there. Okay, there, there's more. But wait, there's more. So there's 1.4... $38 billion for membership in global uh, extra-sovereign organizations, including the U- United Nations. The word salmon appears 48 times <laughs> in the bill.
3: <laughs>
0: there's going to be $3 million spent for bee-friendly highways, as Andrus said, and $5 million for the salmon.
8: Um, you, know, you know what's crazy about are the, the, are salmon? the salmon? So I live in
9: the highway too, or the, it's a different
1: salmon. Are
8: who's in the highway?
1: So so I live Probably in salmon. I, I live in salmon country, and the reality is, is that they should have been, they should have not been developing. I mean, do you know how many streams have been paved over in the areas that I live in, and how much habitat destruction has happened in the in the salmon uh, 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 spawning grounds? I mean, it's crazy. It's it's too late for that unless you're going to unless you're going to uncover all of these culverted streams and, and and it's crazy it's it's it is the habitat destruction that is the issue with salmon it is it's well past the time to try to save Puget Sound salmon for example. Well, Peter, it's
11: to that point though. It's I think Alex just
1: said it. I mean, these are probably shell companies that are you know paying off the big
11: guy, or you know, these are just payoffs. Who who actually? goes and audits is maybe We've ever i mean to
0: be fair it's speculation money. but i think no, i think mean, it i think most people would agree that there's probably a chunk of this going to to corrupt nonsense right oh, absolutely.
3: Yeah. well how much of that is going to salaries and benefits and how much of it actually gets to the point of like producing the quote-unquote solution that they're claiming to like actually push forward
10: that's uh, the laundering. and i just I look you. at the
0: look at the just look at the efficiency though right like this, this act that was passed that requires all federal agencies to pass audits um, has been in effect for a long time, decades. And the Pentagon apparently, for shit. decades, <laughs> has failed these audits. Yet we're earmarking almost eight hundred billion, I guess, for for military.
3: Um, no, dude, we, we couldn't even track like sixty percent of the of the U.S. like uh, U.S. military's budget. It was like two point five trillion, and they were just like. Eh. OK, I guess we can't I guess we just can't audit the military, you know,
8: how but much we can, of audit, this... we
3: can we can force everybody else to have to go through audits, even though we we like fail our own.
8: Yeah. And uh, how much of uh, this uh, money is going to just fund uh, the bureaucracy? Like uh, I posted a uh, a tweet on the nest and it shows you like the application for a green card in 2003 versus 2022. And uh, you can see how uh, bureaucracy, how to control bureaucracy, like, absorbs so much, like, manpower and money. Like, it's just, it's just an ever-expanding, like, black hole of, of just, you know, fiat. Like, it's just cheap okay. fiat. Uh, let me ask you
0: guys. Not everybody up here is from the United States. But from those of you who are, I mean, do you feel like your tax dollars are being well spent? Fuck I mean, no. Do you? <laughs> do you
1: really?
8: Is, are we, really? okay. we no, that? no. <laughs> no. <Look.
9: laughs> not, very, not very, well up here in
8: Canada. First of all, why are we being taxed, Alex? That's okay. It. That's that's. To go back one more
4: step and say, I mean, this isn't our tax dollars. They're your tax dollars, but they've been handed over to this to this other entity, and they're spending it however they want. It's not our money anymore. Hold
10: yeah. on. Can, can we talk about tax dollars. loss? Can we talk can
1: we about tax loss harvesting? at swan because you can. Um, Make it so that you don't actually have to pay taxes. That's how this world works.
0: Well, okay, that's is not true. Is on your, is that's he on your not the on way, way it works. If you, Okay, you have two days left because Swan's going to Skeleton Crew next week. If you want to get it done, you need to talk to us quickly. Um, but wait, there's more. There's $65 million earmarked, a good chunk of which is going to be used to build a federal building named after Nancy Pelosi.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> what?
2: To, well, to the, house, to house the, more
1: administrators that we don't need to pay.
5: Oh, but that's it, right. This is how we, we get just, rid of inflation, right? Can, can we at least just, make like all all a all gold new, statue of her run. in there? At, at this point, the corruption is just so rampant that it, it's disgusting. The state is rotting. Criminals are looting your tax dollars, and like someone alluded to, it's not even tax dollars at this point, right? They're they're generating funds out of like the Treasury Federal Reserve like nasty cycle. And so they're they're looting your tax dollars and your and your currency while the empire burns. And really, opting out with Bitcoin is the only option I see. Well, it's
3: here. not it's not even current tax dollars either, Tyler. It's future tax dollars that you haven't even paid yet. Like it's it, it's gross.
5: It's <laughs> <very> <laughs> yeah, it's
8: like yeah. generational like uh, slavery. We're serfs. That's what we are, serfs. And, and, our, and our it's, not sure. just,
1: it's not just United States citizens that are – I mean the world is paying for this, the entire world, people who have no say. It's taxation without representation for the rest of the world.
4: Okay, forget what I said. I want to see this Pelosi statue. I need to see it.
1: <laughs> She's a statue. She's building a whole damn
3: building.
8: As long as it looks as like, good as Cristiano Ronaldo's like statue that they unveiled in Portugal, I'm, I'm good with it.
11: <laughs> have you guys seen i'm going to share in the nest i'll put it in there when i stop driving the uh it's from like the 40s it's one of the it's the new york fed fed head and he talks in the article it's like an american affairs and it just says taxes for you know or whatever government taxes are obsolete like taxes are obsolete and it just he goes in there and explains the four reasons why we have taxes basically long story short it's just for coercion you know just redistributing wealth whatever so he admits in it in the 40s why we have taxes because, as you guys, uh, we all know, just printing of currency we don't need taxes, it's just straight theft at the end of the day. And they admit it in this paper, so I'll share in the next in a little bit. Actually, from uh,
0: you know, Affairs. I'm not a 100% against taxes, I think there are some good things that need to be done. But at the end of the day, if they're printing far, far more money and spending it on crazy stuff than they're actually taking it in taxes, that's just fiscal irresponsibility. And it's destructive for the currency and it, it, it's not good for the future. So in general, I mean, these it's are also, all things that.
3: It's also a good example, Alex, of like how like the, the systems that we've had established since like really since the formation of this country. Um, if you had if you allow for human control of the money printer, it is impossible to maintain its disconnection from the political sphere. Like it is absolutely impossible, especially the, the executive sphere. Because like they're like both of those separate spheres are incentivized to gain more and more influence and power and like sway over that over the money printer. And eventually it just gets subsumed by the entire system.
8: Yeah, history has shown that this is the case. Could someone explain to me how America existed before 1913, before they started like... uh, the U.S. government started like uh, taking um, income tax, like personal income tax. Like how how were the roads and schools and everything, subways, the like army, the navy, like how how, how did they how how did the U.S. fund all this stuff? It's like well, almost 150 well, years, right?
3: Well, since since the the American Revolution, there was also this is stuff that I learned particularly this past year that I was not aware of. Is that, like, the U.S., from my understanding, has experienced multiple bubbles of runaway, like, paper printing and inflation because we were trying to figure out how to actually make a money that would work.
5: Well, they, they always knew that gold, like, it's it's enshrined in the Constitution, right, that, that gold and silver are the only thing that are, like, you know, legal as, as tender. But there's been multiple, like, hyperinflation events through the histor- history of the U.S. as they were funding like big federal military buildups. So like the continental was the currency that was like hyperinflated to pay for the revolutionary war. And then the greenbacks were the currency that was hyperinflated to pay for, um, the civil war. And These yeah, were not redeemable by
0: the way, that that's the important part. They weren't actually, there was no, there was no discipline on the money on the monetary supply because they were able to just print it. Well,
8: and Sounds for those like today,
0: yep. For those folks who are still gold bugs, uh, I was a gold bug for many years, and and my one thing to you, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like hammer this point, but my one thing to you is is that gold's greatest weakness is is its subject to the whims of mankind. Like if one dude with a pen can basically remove gold redeemability and close the gold window in nineteen seventy one, that right there proves to you that gold cannot act as a check on unlimited money printing, as much as we might want it to be. The simple fact is it's not. And Bitcoin is very different than that because nobody can control the supply issuance of Bitcoin. It's fixed and it will never change.
3: Not not to mention, Alex, the monetization of gold like destroys the actual value of the of like the the, the material or the mineral or whatever you want to the metal. Um When when we have such great industrial uses of gold, especially in electronics, and then we have so much of it just locked up in vaults sitting around, like, you want to talk about, like, how Keynesians are like, oh, we need to push, like, the dollars through the system to get as much velocity or whatever. Like, let's talk about all the gold coffers that that could be used to power much better electronics and help get areas like Africa and Central America and uh, South America, like, up to par as far as the modernization goes. And that's not even, yeah. I don't, I
0: don't know if that's even a thing, really, Mike. I mean, in the amount of gold that's used is the amount of gold that 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 industry is demanding. And that's it, it's a small portion actually each year. Yeah,
3: yeah, but you can't tell me that if gold wasn't like, wasn't monetized and was actually, as far as a price point, cheaper, that electronics wouldn't improve. Like you you can't you just, you don't just
0: can't tell me that, that that sounds kind of speculative but that that's
2: all right we'll keep that's rolling not speculative at all if it was cheaper to use gold in electronics which is a very useful metal to use in electronics then electronics would improve i mean what what's hard to understand about that
8: so i looked up how the us used to function uh, the federal government after it was like created it was just we just had excise taxes so like they would just charge like uh, goods and services instead of like income tax and I believe in that, like, cause we're we get like quadruple taxed in our current system just to keep. Well, it's put- essentially
0: per- performance based, right? If the government says that we want to do this particular thing and we're going to ask the people for the money, the people have to give the money to the government. Versus it, you know, being a law that that you give the money to the government, they can do whatever they want with it. Those are two different things.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, and as and as I was alluding to earlier, the the wealthiest seem to manage to um, avoid that because of the Byzantine uh, rules and loopholes that exist in the tax structure. Is there
5: more yeah. ridiculousness? Than you know, the
3: omnibus bill.
5: Yeah, Sorry, I, don't, I don't. I
3: didn't. I didn't realize it. Like, there must be a lag on my end. I'll reset.
0: No, we're we're kind of both doing it to each other. That's all right. Um, there's more exciting stuff in this. You guys want to hear more?
9: <laughs> Alex, is there is there anything in there for cleaning up the mess made up in low Earth orbit, or is that we need another omnibus? Oh yeah, we, hell no!
0: We need to send Wicked to Washington to lobby for for an anti Kessler syndrome program. Wicked goes to Washington. Oh, it's not going
12: to work. <laughs> Did you did you guys already talk about um, just the sheer size of this bill? I mean, it's amazing because you know the, this team has been working on it for over a year. Over four thousand pages, man, four thousand pages, and it, it's the classic move. You you dump it, you dump it on everyone, and you get two days to review it. And the fear the fear mongering comes in because if you don't, everything shuts down in two days. Did they
3: dump it at like one a.m. too?
12: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: middle of the night.
11: The other day, someone was like, you would have to read the Bible three times by the end of the
2: week in order to do it all. Two days before Christmas. You guys don't read the Bible daily? Like every every single page of it? What's, once what's the Bible?
0: <laughs> Multiple times every day. Uh, <clears throat> so there's a gender programs. Uh, uh, there's a gender program or something in Pakistan with a $200 million budget for a gender what? equity fund in what? Pakistan.
3: What? What? How many hundreds of millions of dollars have we sent over to the Middle East for f- bullshit gender studies? Like <laughs> c- Civil Society 2.0. <laughs> they're, still,
8: still, they're still, still sending around. some now. They're still sending some now on this bill.
1: The $1.0 the trillion worth of military equipment that we left in Afghanistan wasn't enough? What? <laughs> right? Well, then we sold their uh, reserves,
11: like $7 billion, so we had to repay that back somehow
8: also yeah. like who is receiving this money because uh, last i know uh the taliban took over the country so
0: that's a well, very good question. question that's probably i mean exactly
3: <laughs> who's hours receiving
0: retreat, the money where is it going 70, what's it being within
3: 72 hours of that retreat the taliban also um orchestrated with the with the ccp as far as like their one belt one road initiative but the interesting thing too is that i've been seeing that the CCP has actually been pulling out of Afghanistan. So I don't know. Like, this, like it's all, that's just a really interesting topic. In
1: <laughs> They're like, fuck this.
3: <laughs> yeah. Hey,
1: there's, is there anything in this bill about uh, funds going to Russia? There's, I would doubt there's
0: it. F- no, but there's funds going to Ukraine.
3: How much of the money is going to the countries that are going to, like, play a role in defending the borders around Turkey and that gas line? Because... That could be in a way, in a kind of like a, a second, third, fourth order effect, a way kind of
1: like actually defending Russian gas pipelines. Just saying.
0: There's $335 million earmarked for future influenza pandemics. That includes chunks of it earmarked for surveillance tools to see where you're at and what you're doing with your influenza.
3: Don't just get the flu shot. We're gonna watch it every step of the way.
12: Oh, and your friendly reminder that you know we had this—we had this whole thing called the Boston Tea Party, all right, which really kicked off the revolution. Because yeah, everyone got pissed when they added three, three cents, three pennies to every pound of tea. Um, and you know what? That got passed and we had no representation. And this is the same feeling today. All the, there's this. Is, everything is taxation without representation because they're all in on it, man. Every one of them is all in on it. You had Manskin from West Virginia saying, well, I really want, don't want to vote on this. But uh, guess what? They're they're giving my state $300 million, so uh, I got to do what's right for, for them. It, it, hey, as George Carlin always said, it's a big club, and you ain't in it.
11: No, that's a great point, Bobby, because that's, I mean, to Alex, to your point earlier, too. I mean, you know, some tax is okay, and if, if people agree on it, and you know, and just like back then, there were some taxes and eventually just got so burdensome. No one's auditing it. Where the hell is this all going? just a tipping point it's a great point Bobby
0: what's an even better point Bobby is that that thing about it's a big club and you ain't in it well guess what we have a better club it's called the Bitcoin club opt out just opt
3: George, out George Carlin was a great philosophizer ahead of his
12: time man to hear his thoughts not only on Bitcoin but if he saw the state of the world today my God, he could he could do a show for four hours. Um, no problem. I I think this would be stunning, uh, even for him to see the state of state of uh, the world.
0: All right. I think we've beat that subject into the ground. I'm curious because we've got Jeff up here now. Uh, Dr. Jeff. What's going on, Dr. Bear? And is it a good time to buy Bitcoin? Should we be opting out?
10: Dude, always opt out. It's always a good time to opt out of a flailing, breaking, crashing system. And good morning, everybody. He who panics first, panics
0: best. I don't know. I I like to think it's not a a function of panic. It's just rational. To me, it's completely rational. You know, one thing I know for sure, because I may not be a macro expert like Dr. Jeff, but I do know they're going to keep running. I can guarantee that with a hundred percent certainty and that's all I need to know.
10: Yeah, it's coming. And and speaking of, you know, printing, um, I hear a lot of people talking about how um, the fed is not going to be pivoting anytime soon because unemployment remains stubbornly low, which is funny by the way. And then um, uh, because inflation is still kind of, you know, high, it's not done to their 2% level. I'm just telling you guys that the Fed won't pivot because of those things. They're going to pivot because of a credit event and contagion. That's why they pivot. They pivot when they start to panic because the system is starting to break down. That's what we're looking at. And I think uh, I still think that's what we're looking at in the first half of 2023 and, and maybe sooner than most people realize. And what that means as far as Bitcoin is that, that, you know, when the traditional finance system breaks down rapidly, it tends to suck Bitcoin down with it a bit, so be ready for some fire sale deals. You know, get your Swan accounts ready. Uh, be ready to hit the smash buy button if you see any big red candles. Should be a good year and a good setup for the coming three years, in my opinion.
2: Get ready for those spreads to blow out. Am I right?
10: Yeah, absolutely. People are going to be panic sell, 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 sell. Uh, and that's when you just calmly hit the buy button, and it's going to be real nice for you know those of us who are calm and prepared. For those who haven't, haven't
3: experienced that kind of event
10: um, in these market
3: crashes, the exchanges tend to have a lot of like congestion issues um, to the point of like Jeff saying like smash, 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 just be careful when you're, when you're hitting the smash buy button. Um, <laughs> you don't, you don't want to like smash buy. I guess you're panicking trying to get keep, like cheap keep stats and then like five orders like stack up and they go through all at once. And then all of a sudden you're, you're spending like, Four times more than you wanted. Just just be careful about like be cognizant of
12: that kind of problem. The true story. And that happened to me. And I I hit it and it didn't go through. And I'm like, oh man, it's probably congested. I hit it again. I and well, thankfully I had enough in the account to cover, but I I had four Smash buys. Um and look, in the beginning in 2018, Coinbase was our only game in town really. And it, it was like clockwork and you really couldn't panic um, buy or sell at that time because they would, they always crash. So just be forewarned when it really happens, it, it will crash on you.
8: I, uh, I, had, I have nightmares about this happening because like I, I would always try to like buy and like Coinbase was always down. And like, it like traumatized me because I, I was like, Oh my God, like, like during COVID when it crashed at 3000, I was like, Holy shit, I must buy. I was just like, <laughs> like hitting buy buy and it wouldn't go through. And I, I, I just like I was traumatized. I, I kept having dreams about it, like where I couldn't, where, where the price crashed, and I couldn't get into my app. And I was just like, "What is the password?" And like, it's it, it, honestly, it's, it's traumatizing when you can't I, buy T corn.
2: I had the, I had the exact same nightmares uh, for the longest time. And you know what the remedy is? Um, don't have any fiat. If you don't have
9: any fiat. <laughs> you don't have to worry about smash
2: <laughs> money.
8: That is true.
4: Now, wait a minute. Did I hear you can buy the big reds? I thought most people just sell those.
8: Yeah, not, not normal people like us. For every side well, of the trade, there's we're a buyer
4: and a right. seller. And I'm kidding for any listeners who are like going to hit me with Poe's Law.
11: Hey, Doctor Jeff, is there any um, in that credit market where you're looking for things to you know, potentially lock up? Is there anything specifically in the derivatives or credit markets that you're looking at that seems susceptible, something to keep an eye on? You just you know, like mortgage-backed securities in the past or the repo market in 2019, anything like that you're
10: looking at? Uh, just kind of watching all of it, and I think some like clues you can tell. You can look at like when spreads blow out between high yield like junk bonds and Treasuries. That's one sign that things are starting to, to move. Um, obviously, if we just get an event like, say, uh, you know, the, the obvious one is say Credit Suisse just says, you know what, we we're tapping out um, we're going down. Um, you know, that, that's an easy one. If you have kind of something, a, a herald, uh, letting you know that, that things are heading lower. Um, but so just general credit spreads, uh, and then specifically I uh, look for specific companies and especially if it's a SIFI, a systemically important financial institution as designated by the government. Um, if it's one of those, that, that is what alerts the central banks to like, Hey, we might need to step in here sooner than later. So,
7: uh, those are the kind of things
10: I'm watching for, and then obviously, like if you get news, um, what I think is going to happen, and and you know, and only because it's it's already happened once over in England, you know, when the when the pension funds start uh, getting margin called overnight. Uh, and panicking and then they they call the hotline to their central banker like you got to do something like right now or we're going under um that's a good impetus that the central bank's going to change their plans too so if that happens here in the u.s and it definitely could right think of calpers think of huge endowments and institutional funds that are leveraged long bonds so treasuries most people think that the bond market um the 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 uh interest rate uh, rises are over. I disagree. I think they're going to start rising again here for the next month or so. And that may be just enough pressure to, to, um, to get uh, some of these things to be margin called. So uh, that would be a pretty serious event. So basically, it's what I was talking about this in another uh, group yesterday, but when you have a recessionary bear market, the way to tell who's going to go down and get hit the hardest is where was the most obscene amounts of leverage so back in the uh, dot-com crash, obviously people thought it was a new normal. It was a paradigm shift for dot-com stocks. So people were levered long to the hilt uh, on dot-com stocks. They paid the price, and 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 it was just a horrible bear market for, for uh, tech stocks, basically. 2006 to 2009, everybody knows that uh, people were leveraged long real estate to the hilt, right? Some people had four, or five, six mortgages that were just flipping houses for fun, and, and nobody could lose money because the housing market never goes down. They learned a painful lesson uh, this time around. Obviously, the degen crypto traders uh, were the most leveraged, so they got wrecked first. Um, I think there's still more of that to come. By the way, um, and then so think about where the most uh, degen leverage is right now. And it's surprising, but it's actually probably in the treasury market. So look at think about institutions that have massive amounts of leverage in treasuries um, because that's the risk-free rate of return. Right. Right. Uh, so wow. actually. Yeah, so so just keep. I your never eyes
0: thought up. I would live to, to the to the day to hear somebody say that all the D gen traders are in the treasury market.
10: You know, right? you know who uses a lot of treasuries too is the insurance companies. Exactly. So all and, and think about it. This is exactly the setup. It's you know history rhymes. It doesn't repeat. Think about how back in 2005, 6, 7. Housing never went down. Right. You can't lose. All you do is you apply you apply massive amounts of leverage to housing and you can't lose what's happening now. You can't lose if you apply if you apply massive amounts of leverage to treasuries. Right. Who applies leverage to treasuries? Good point, Mike. Like insurance companies, again, pensions, institutional investors, endowments. Those kind of people that that have been uh, starved for yield and starved for returns for so many years because we've been in this low interest rate environment for over a decade, they have massive amounts of leverage on their treasuries, and, and some somebody's got to pay for that at some point. And I think it could happen sooner than later.
2: Can you just specifically say who pays for it? Who pays specifically... For it, yeah.
10: It's 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 our purchasing power. So these citizens pay for it. So when these guys go down and they freak out and panic and call the Fed and then, uh, you know, the Fed goes goes into massive reversal mode, massive QE. What what happens is it's the purchasing power of uh, Americans and people who hold the U.S. dollar. We lose that purchasing power over time in order to support uh, these degen traders in the pensions and endowments. It's yep. a fresh it's a very frustrating system privatized gains publicized losses
2: yep by the way so I just found this this uh, report very interesting I didn't realize it existed and it's kind of given me new new life in terms of you know my visualizations but the Credit Suisse uh, global wealth data book tells you kind of their estimates of global wealth and its distribution across the world um, and Guess how much uh, uh, the total global wealth was when Bitcoin was first released to the world in 2009. Anyone have a you know have an estimate they want to throw out there? I'll just tell you, it was just a little bit over 200 trillion, is what they say. Guess how much it is now? 200 quadrillion. A little more. <laughs> It's about four hundred and fifty trillion is their estimate. So I mean, you know, obviously take these with a grain of salt. No one can fucking estimate, you know, the, the total global wealth with hundred percent certainty. But to their estimates, right, the the dollar denominated I mean, do you really think the the wealth of the entire world has has two point five X in the past fourteen years? I don't know. I mean maybe. By the way, I need to read through this report and see if they if they adjust for inflation because, But anyways, I mean, regardless, right, we're talking about, you know, dollar denominated wealth of the entire world, 2.5x in the past 14 years, and it's only accelerating. So it's kind of crazy, right? I mean, not not to mention the past two years, right, when you think, you would have thought that global wealth would have kind of started to go down over the past two years because of, you know what, the fucking economy being shut down and everything, all the value destroyed. But no, it's gone up like forty trillion dollars. Okay, that's a
0: lot of money printing.
9: That's yeah, that's that's money printing. That is not like you know what really creation. Interesting to me, um, as as a proxy measure, and I don't know if this is easier to find out, but like how much in in watts or in kilojoules or whatever megajoules has energy production changed over that period of time like what was it and what is it now because i think that's a real proxy for productivity and because we use energy to produce things so if the energy production has actually diminished or declined i'd say <laughs> that's all been inflation if the energy production has actually gone up by 50% i'd say well we we'll probably have 50% more real production because we're you know, there is efficiency in use of energy but as a decent proxy for what the real wealth of the world rides on the shoulders of, I think it's, I think it's energy.
5: Yeah. So That's
0: an excellent proxy. Go ahead, Bain.
5: Along that uh, train of thinking, Tomer, you might want to look at, it's called the Henry Adams curve. And Henry Adams was like the grandchild of um, president John Adams or maybe great grandchild. And he had this really like interesting hypothesis and he plotted it on a curve, and it's called the Henry Adams curve, and essentially it tracked the total, it was, I think it was energy per capita spending in the United States from, like, around the 1700s until, like, the, you know, he, he plotted it, it was, like, the late 1800s, um, but people have since, like, continued the data set, and so he, he claimed, like, you know, he, he knew that energy was intrinsically tied with, like, you know, civilization and productivity and, and uh, quality of life. And so on this Henry Adams curve, it was an exponential curve and it showed the doubling of like e- US energy consumption per capita. I think it was every like two or four years, it would, it would double. And so, you know, over time, this like exponentially gaining Henry, a- Henry Adams energy curve. Um, interestingly enough, per capita energy in the United States um, kind of like did like a tabletop um, flattening out right around the year 1970 and it's kind of stagnated um since we we still are we're using more energy per capita depending on how you measure it um you know if it's like primary source energy or, or like kilowatt hours like end usage um we we're, we're we're higher than we were in 1970 but we've kind of fallen off this exponential henry adams curve so if you, if you want to look into it that's that's where i go. i wonder what the really happened happened in it.
2: 1970
5: on. <laughs> give or
9: take a year
0: all right, we got to do some housekeeping announcements real quick. Then we'll keep rolling. Uh, first of all, I want to shout out to Lionel. I hope I'm saying your name right. You in the audience? I guess he's the uh, he's a very popular artist. Some of our crews is a fan of yours, man. Um, he does the Wolverine stuff, I guess. Anyway, you're welcome to come up here. We see you in here a lot. We'd love to have you up sometime. Uh, also couple of other things. Um, you're listening to Cafe Bitcoin. We do talk about lots of topics that intersect with the topic of Bitcoin. It is a great place for your morning news. Prefer to hang out for some of the smartest minds in the industry. It is also a podcast. If you can't catch the live show on Twitter Spaces, <clears throat> you can catch it there. You can throw me or Swan a follow to be notified of when those drop. If you're interested in giving a gift of Bitcoin to people for the holidays, you can go to swanbitcoin.com gifts. And it's a great way to uh, send people Bitcoin. I've used it and I continue to use it and I'm doing it again this year. I think it's cool. Uh, and then also Swan's got an app. You should check it out. Download, install, rate, review. If you like it, I like it. No shit coins.
1: Hey, just, like. to be, just, just to be absolutely clear, the boomer, me, had no idea who the artist was and uh, Ant is fanboying out.
3: No, he, he's he's great. Actually, I, I, I've been reading his comics since I was a kid, probably like 14 or 15. But um, to to answer uh, Tomer's question around like global energy generation, according to our world and data, as of twenty twenty one, we uh, the world consumes one hundred seventy six thousand terawatt hours. It's it's just an exponential rise. Um, I don't I can't remember what it, like what that the question was pertaining to, but I just wanted to give that. Well, it was just
9: it was to try to compare it to the same period of time two thousand and eight uh, that around the time that Bitcoin was launched because that, that was the proxy that was being used for global, total global wealth. So I wanted to see... Is we're, which, we're up which is,
3: about 30% because we were at 148,000 terawatt hours. In okay,
9: so, so the, the dollar-denominated wealth has gone up 250%, whereas the actual energy consumed has only gone up about 35%, give or take these back-of-the-envelope numbers we're all tossing about here. Yep. One of these things is more than I like real that proxy. Energy. Yep.
4: A good yeah, one. I was throwing these numbers in the back channel, Mike. You're, we're looking at the exact same data set and it's like some of it's with BP data and stuff. And yeah, I mean, you can see it. It's like this huge rise.
0: I'm curious about something. I got a DM uh, from a gentleman a little while ago and he's asking about, okay, so people who listen to the podcast, you know, the little jingle that we have on the front and the end of it. He, he wants a copy of that because he wants to turn it into a ringtone, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. I'm curious uh, if you listen to the pod, uh, do you do you actually listen to that jingle all the way to the end? Uh, shoot me a damn. Let me know. <laughs> and if you want uh, a copy of that, you can get it from Jacob. Do you really? I do, too. Yeah, I, I thought I, I was the only one. I the, enjoy the
3: one. jingle. It's pretty catchy. It's very well done. <laughs> actually, actually. I, I think Wicked does, too. Wick has all been right, jamming since, like, the inception of the first jingle.
0: <laughs> if you want a copy of it, shoot a DM to Jacob. He'll hook you up. All right. You guys can keep going. I'm AFK for two minutes. Bear back. Behave yourselves.
12: Yeah, I got, I got a question for Dr. Jeff, man. Um, yeah, th- th- this housing market, I think this is now 10 straight months. All right. 10 straight months of just home prices dropping. Um, at what point... It, oh, how important is that alley market to to their desire to finally pivot on rates? Um, and how far do you see this going? How many more months of of drops do you see before before a turnaround?
10: Yeah, hey puppy. Um, well, I think it, I think it definitely has further to go. Um, how much longer? I'm not sure. It, it just depends how fast things happen. So it just it depends on how quickly the bottom comes, how quickly the floor drops out, and then how quickly the central banks pivot. Um, And so what I expect is when the floor drops out under risk assets, that causes a deflationary bust um, or at least a disinflation, like a massive disinflationary bust, meaning uh, inflationary growth slows dramatically and it's possible that it goes negative. That's a deflationary bust Um, that happened last back in late 2008, early 2009. Um, that would cause them to pivot again then too, right? And if that happened, that would bring rates down rapidly and then mortgage rates should, fo- you know, they, they're lagging, but they they should follow down and come lower. If mortgage rates come down lower and if it looks like we have bottomed and it looks like liquidity is being injected back into the system, uh, then I would expect a housing recovery uh, at that point. So uh, to me, that's what's going to happen. I just don't know when it's going to happen. It could be sooner, it could be later. I'm leaning towards sooner, like within the next uh, several months. Um, but, uh, you know, that's just me guessing. So that, that's my take on it.
12: Yeah. I, I don't know what your guys' experience has been, um, this past year, you, you know, each year for those that have a mortgage, you know, you, you got to, uh, your escrow gets readjusted for taxes and insurance and, uh, you know, for a year. And I, I honestly, I don't care about the value of my house because i have in here for, I've been here for 20 years. So it's funny to watch, um, you know, everyone get excited. They they'll go on Zillow to watch over the last. Two years their their houses pump up and now drop but uh, hey listen it's never a good sign um when you've got a, a missed call and a message from your homeowners insurance their uh company and the guy the guy uh loves the says, hey give me a call there has been a slight um well there's been a major increase in your uh homeowners insurance this year and uh, i call him back and sure enough it almost doubled dude from last year to this year, so I don't know if you guys had the same sort of story, but mine was up, up well, by percentage up sixty percent. But it wasn't much more to like double in one year, which is absolute insanity to me. Um, look, I, I I get it. There's supply issues, um, construction costs, materials, um, all of that. But I don't know if you guys have um, have any experience with this or wanted to share uh, just sort of like the, what those prices are like when they talk about uh, inflation. My God, my my insurance, I, I'm, well, I'm, I'm looking around. There's not, a, there's not a lot of options in Florida. As many of you know, with Hurricanes and everything else, um, they're quite selective on, on, um, on who they can cover.
3: So, well, Pubby, add that on to the people that are also experiencing increases in their property taxes.
12: Absolutely. A hundred percent. And that was, uh, mine went up 14% last year.
1: And, and add to that, to all, happy, the, all the AMRs that are going up as well.
3: Peter, you want to explain what AMRs are, real
1: quick? You well, mean, it, the, the variable the variable rates. Lots of people have mortgages that you know they come in with a, at a variable rate, so they can buy more house, and they they assume that in two years the rate is going to be flat or go down. And these rates are going up, and people cannot afford these these payments.
12: Yeah, the well, it's a, it's a it's an ARM, the adjustable rate mortgage. And if you want a good um, overview of this, uh, go go rent um, the Big Short, watch it again, and go go fast forward to the Miami scene. And when you when you see um, uh, you know Michael from the office in the strip club, all right, and he's talking to this girl and saying, "Listen, do you know what understand what's going on? What happens to your rates? That'll explain it better than anything we can do here." <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I apologize. My dyslexia. I said I did say AMR. I meant ARM. I meant ARM. My apologies.
8: I know someone that had to like sell their houses. I mean their house because of that. Like when the rates went up, he had he had a variable rate uh, mortgage and uh, he got wrecked. Puppy,
2: did you just tell us to go rent a movie?
8: Rent a movie. What What is that? that? Yeah, go.
2: Yeah, to Blockbuster.
1: Exactly,
8: Blockbuster.
1: <laughs> hold on, hold on. We don't use Blockbuster anymore. We use the Red Box. Just page that's, me nine one one when thing. you get the movie.
8: Who a, who who rents physical media? You you don't you know you got like Amazon and like all these other services where you could just like rent any movie, even movies that aren't in theaters. You can like rent. Are, in are your those house. are hey. those
1: on cable? Can I get those on cable?
8: <laughs> on your kind, TiVo, on your rewind. TiVo, you, you can rewind. record it on your TiVo. Your, your,
3: your dial-up connection, yeah.
12: Yeah, be kind, rewind, or else they'll they'll um, <laughs> charge you an extra fee. You still rewind? <laughs> get a laser disc,
4: puppy. What the hell?
1: Listen, listen. When the solar flare hits and everything goes down, I'm still going to be able to watch my VCR. Everybody's going to come to my house. I'm going to make lots of money.
8: Isn't that an electronic That's right, too? Right there.
3: Is that is that part of like the the apocalyptico like kind of like response like strategy
1: planning now? No, 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 no. no. Those are the people. No, no, Mike, no, Mike. Those are the people that still have Betamax.
4: You are just trying (laughs) to get someone to come over and fix that flashing twelve o'clock.
8: Admit it, Peter. Betamax is better quality. Just saying.
1: Hold on, the the flashing twelve o'clock isn't supposed to be there.
8: Ah, oh, damn it, the power went out again. Hey, guys, uh, tomorrow is the bottom of the bear market, according to Yellow, so be ready. Be ready to stack all your sats.
4: The prophecy.
8: The prophecy is coming true. It's when In the keggers with align. the prophecy. And, then of course, Yellow brings it to us. <laughs>
4: I don't even just really to be... want to bring up the prophecy because y'all don't need to know anything about that from the, the last the real,
3: The real prophecy from 1819? Yeah, that's what I was going to mention.
4: Yeah, they don't They don't need to know
3: about that. Yeah, that's not PG-13.
8: Wait, now I'm curious. But it worked temporarily.
3: <laughs> I, I really just don't... I... I have like we have fun like like plugging it, but it really probably is not something to be talked about
4: here. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be sunsetted, but it did work temporarily for what it's worth. But then, of course, Bitcoin does what it wants to do, and <laughs> we had our fun for a little bit. But then we were all jarred back to reality for a much longer time. Hey,
3: hey, here, how about how about and We save that conversation for toxic happy hour.
1: Yeah, so, there so- we go. So were you guys serious? The flashing light isn't supposed to be there on the clock?
12: (laughs) True story. Um, And we're talking about sort of older technology here. I was at at a museum here uh, with with my daughter and uh, walking around. But there was a rotary phone, rotary phone they had on display. And I asked her if she knew how it worked, and she looked at me just big, like deer caught in a white eye. Like, no, what the hell is that thing? <laughs> what is that thing with those numbers? And that that it, you sometimes forget when you get older um, what this younger generation uh, really didn't experience. And for anyone that's thinking, you know that 2008, and you know we you know joke about running the big short, just to give you guys. Uh, just to give you experience of what it was like in that economy and how it parallels with what we're doing now, a mere fourteen years later. Because, um, yeah, my my uh, coworker had had a buddy, and that's what he was doing was he could see the opportunity. So, no money down, you know, no money down. He could buy these these properties that were "quote unquote" going up forever, forever, Laura, forever. And that's what he would do. He would just buy them and hold them and i think he was up to like six properties all right zero down and when it crashed i mean he took out some pro he had, he had sold a lot he took out the profit and when it crashed he walked away okay obviously not the moral thing to do he walked away from it all and he wasn't he had a girlfriend he wouldn't marry her because then what they would do they took those profits and she would go and they they bought a a house outright, simply with 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 cash, because that's that's the kind of uh, shady stuff that happens when you got a a broken money system.
0: I'm already in vacation mode.
12: Hey, and t- hey, let's talk about technology for a second. Just to get back to finish, I want to finish this one up here. Because everything is you know, it, it's funny because everything gets um, faster digitized and everyone thinks it's better, right? And I get it, v- VHS tapes um, to now just on demand digital. But I'll tell you what, one technology I think that never got better from the music side, and we can have this debate or not, uh, look, vinyl records. Vinyl records to me is a Bitcoin standard of all music. And if you're young and never heard music on a real, true LP, you're missing out on life. Try it sometime.
1: Hey, puppy, vinyl records with an amplifier that has tubes. I was talking. I still have one.
8: Man, you're. Why? My my why phone, sell oh, it. Go ahead. Sell it. That thing, it's worth a lot of sats, let me tell you. Depending on the year of the tube amp you have.
5: It's
1: a, it's a 1962 Marantz. It's awesome. I'm never bro, selling it.
8: You know how many corns? Bro, come on. Sell it, Peter. Never selling it. Oh, you're a shit corner. It's going,
1: it's going up forever, Laura.
8: You're a shit corner, bro. I <laughs> you ever
1: heard?
12: Peter's, he's got some strong game, man. When he picks up the ladies, he doesn't say, uh, you know, uh, Netflix and chill. He just says, come back to my place for a minute. And when he puts on Barry White on vinyl, game over. Game over.
8: He says, two vamped and vibes. That's what he does.
0: All right, so for those of you who didn't hear, next week... Um, I am not going to be around. We're going to be having Terrence Yang and also Nico Moran is going to be guest hosting the show next week for your holiday pleasure.
12: And when he says Nico and Terrence, it means um, Nico will be talking the entire time and Terrence will get five minutes.
0: No, no, they're doing different days.
1: That's perfect. Nico will still be talking the entire time, and Terence will have a little more airtime.
12: Alex, so you guys gonna do? You guys gonna do like a a year in review type of show here?
0: Yeah, I, I we've been talking about doing that. So yeah, probably we'll probably be lame and do some kind of list.
8: Yeah, there's probably not enough right to talk about this year.
0: I was actually thinking about recapping all of the institutional preps for um, next year, like all of the announcements by legacy financial institutions coming into the industry this year. It's a huge list.
12: Yeah, and you guys should do on where, like you can almost go by month on everything that crashed, all the scams that Corey called out, man, from, you know, Luna, um, oh. Voyager sales. You could go by month almost this year.
0: Yeah, that could be its own show. All the crashes of, of uh, shitcoiner companies and exchanges making up their own air tokens.
8: Hey, guys, if you guys have the Fold app and you were uh, hoping to win a Bitcoin, uh, too bad. Someone purchased a $3.55 uh, coffee at Dunkin' Donuts and they won a Bitcoin. And that wasn't me. Wow. They can go fuck themselves. (laughs) That's going to be a
0: great story, man.
8: Do you imagine? Oh, yeah, I stopped for coffee and then I just like spun the wheel and I won a whole Bitcoin. Jesus Christ. Superstar. And here I am getting like 0.5 for every spin, Jesus. I gotta talk to the fold people. I think I'm being scammed.
12: I think I'm gonna start a support group. Um, Everyone that was here and started December, 2017, you are my uh, brothers and sisters for life, for sure. 'Cause someone put, someone put out the chart of the bear markets. And yeah, those of us we've had to endure two now. One at eighty three percent and now this one at seventy eight percent. We've only seen one bull market, all right? So uh anyone else whining out there, please don't. Um you at least got in on the bull markets is only your first bear. After your second bear, hey, then you're golden, man. You gotta earn your strikes in this place.
2: Hey puppy, would you would you say that which which bear market has been more difficult would you say in your opinion not necessarily for you but just in general for the market uh for bitcoiners would it would you say the 2018-19 or this one
12: oh uh, uh, no the last yeah the last one for sure um and you know people talked about this but you look at the metrics uh now um even with price with the hash rate and all this and and you know the, the last time we didn't have lightning network there was nothing else the last one that was a strange one because, again, those of us that, you know, you start near 20,000 and when it drops under 4,000 and you had like them they're talking about hyperwave and it going to a thousand at that point, if it's at a thousand, um, well, hell, that's not too far from zero. So it wasn't advanced. That that was, yeah, that wasn't an easy time, man. When you watch um, everything, the, the good thing is when you start at the top of that market and your dollar cost costs down, you're fine. But yeah, when it, when it drops under 4,000 and, there's again, there is like you don't have the infrastructure like you do today. It, you could easily see it going back down to to the hundreds. Uh, so this one, yeah, look, I, I get with the leverage and all this the shady shit going on, it got pumped to 69 thousand. Um, but look right now, what, what have you seen, man? It, it, it's taken everything. It's gone through this pandemic just three years ago. We're sitting at five thousand dollars in March 2020, right? Five thousand. look. What, uh, what else has, has really held up as well, to be honest with you? So, I, I'm, yes, it sucks. I know for the first time, for everyone that started in the 60,000 range or 50 and 40,000, I get it. It sucks. But I tell you what, the infrastructure here is much stronger than it was then. Just hang in there. And that's why, we, that's why we do these shows, man. This is why we talk to everyone to say, listen, we've been there. We've been there. We know it sucks. Hang in there. You'll be fine.
1: My Morantz tube amplifier has held up as well.
0: I don't think it sucks. I think it's awesome. I'm still stacking. Let's go. Um, All right. We're going to be rearranging the stage a little bit. Uh, We have got Edward from Bitcoin Day here. Good morning, Edward. Hey there. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We've also got some of the speakers and some of the people that are involved in the Bitcoin Day coming up down in uh, Naples. I think it's Naples, Florida.
13: Yep. Yeah, we got Maddie and uh, John Michael on. So I think they're speakers already. So uh, thanks for having us.
12: Just real quick, I may be jumping down there, man. I think Andrews is coming in from L.A. So uh, you
1: may have the toxic happy hour crew down there with you.
13: Yeah, that's the plan. I don't know. Stackchain, where are you? Did you say you're in Florida?
1: No, I'm in Washington State.
13: Uh, Okay, I thought somebody mentioned earlier they're, they're in Florida too
1: kitty
0: corner from florida we uh who was it well oh, he said kitty corner from florida i grew oh, okay. up in <laughs> i grew up in miami I, i've been seriously thinking about coming down for for this naples bitcoin day because it sounds like it's going to be awesome the speaker lineup sounds awesome like uh edward for people who are not familiar explain what bitcoin day is why are you doing it what can people expect why should they go
13: yeah, so we uh, so Bitcoin Day, you know, coincidentally, we're having it in, in Florida and in, in, on uh, January 21st. But um, the goal was to bring uh, a Bitcoin conference to, to folks that aren't able to or for whatever reason, especially when there were, you know, mask mandates on airplanes and stuff like that. Uh, you know, people were less willing to travel. And so we were uh, wanting to bring a Bitcoin conference to um all fifty states, hopefully, at some point, so especially the Midwest, where you know something like a miami trip and and the expense may not be as appealing to you know a midwestern farmer that's huddling. so uh so yeah, we wanted to bring bring the kind of the bitcoin uh, conference vibe to them, and so we are actually on the other side of the state this time around, so you guys have my our you know Bitcoin magazine has miami in in May. Um, but we, uh, John, Michael, and Maddie reached out and said they wanted to have one in Naples in, uh, uh, as well. So we're on the Southwest side of the state this time. So yeah, got a great, great lineup and uh, we're excited to be coming down. Do you, John and Maddie, do you guys want to introduce yourselves?
14: Hey, how's it going guys? This is uh, my first time using Twitter space. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I found this Cafe Bitcoin. I love this. This is awesome.
13: There you go. You have a new listener now. So yeah, what do you, tell us, what, uh, what's your background, Maddie?
14: So I got involved in the space probably around 20, 2015, 2016. Um, I started uh, from a mining background. I, I started learning about mining and how I could participate in the network. Didn't have any development or uh, coding experience or anything like that. So I figured mining was the way I, that I could sort of participate in the space. So I went down the rabbit hole, learned all about Bitcoin, and uh, fell in, fell in absolute love with uh, all of the ideals and fundamentals that Bitcoin represents. And uh, here I am in 2022, heading into 2023, just uh, happy to be part of this wonderful movement. All right, John,
13: are you? Able to, it says connecting on my end. Can you talk? You issues. Um. Maddie, what's the, uh, what's the scene like down there? I mean, what are you guys working on uh, on the Southwest Florida side?
14: So I'm, I'm actually based in Naples. Um, started a meetup group here a couple of years ago. Um, it's, it's growing and uh, the scene is a lot, a lot of older people here actually. So it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of refreshing. I'm setting up Ledger wallets and helping people do cold storage and, um, you know probably once a week help a uh, help an old lady set up her ledger so just living the dream down here
0: <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> i think that's the first time i've ever heard anybody say that that dealing with older people was refreshing but <laughs> thanks for what you're doing man you're doing god's work obviously if you're helping people get their bitcoin into self-custody man that's the way
14: <laughs> thanks man
13: well, that's, uh, that's kind of the theme of the event or one of the one of the things we started talking about right away was the whole, you know, we're having a, a boomer panel. We've got uh, Gary Leland and, and Greg Foss and uh, Lawrence Leppard and uh, Lepard and uh, Bob Burnett uh, so far on the boomer panel and that's going to close out the day. So that'll be a lot of, a lot of gray hair and a lot of uh, experience and good stories to be had there. So that's one of the things we're doing.
0: Yeah, you guys have a pretty interesting lineup. So speakers so far, uh, Greg Foss is opening, Alexandra Lores, Don't know who that is. Uh, you've got Isaiah Jackson, Ansel Linder. Definitely heard of that guy. Uh, Bob Burnett, Matty Ice, Edward Winnegar, Danny Condon. And then um, Stephen Luka also in the afternoon. He's uh, They had a Swan private, so that should be really good.
13: Yeah, so Steven and John are also from SWAN. I think they're both going to be speaking. I just need to get oh, that Oh, John's updated. going to be there
0: as well. Nice.
13: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the goal is to have, you know, we want to have a mix between whatever cities we go to. And just so everybody knows, the, the website is bitcoinday.io. Um, so bitcoinday.io, and you can see the speakers that he's looking at there. Um, but the goal is to have a mix of like the local folks that don 't you know that aren 't necessarily going to get invited to some you know big national conference and uh, certainly represent the the vibe and what 's going on in the areas where we 're going um, but then also bring in you know names that that people may not get a chance to hear and interact with and especially in a smaller environment like this um, you know a little more intimate and they can um, you, know, you actually get to talk to the speakers, hang out with the speakers, have lunch with the speakers. So, you know, people that you probably would never get to meet in person necessarily otherwise. So, that's that's yeah, it's pretty cool.
14: If you bring your grandma, I'll help her set up her ledger.
13: <laughs> Maddie, Maddie, I'll help her. The uh, all right, Johnny, there. You want to give us your background?
6: Yeah, uh, my background's not that interesting Bitcoin wise, but uh, you know, I'm I uh, I I I uh, came into Bitcoin about two years ago, so I'm relatively new to the space. But um, in my other life, I'm a a community organizer, a community builder, and so I went to Maddie's meetup group once to just kind of learn more about Bitcoin and everything, and um. And uh, I just fell in love with the group. Uh, and, um, you know, I could tell that Maddie was extremely knowledgeable. And, um, you know, I got more and more involved and, and now uh, worked my way up to being a, a co-host of the group. And um, I'm organizing all the speakers that come in for the group. And then I got connected with speaking of boomers and Naples and, you know, Naples is a, in a a very wealthy community. Um, we have, um, you know, homes on the Gulf of Mexico that are priced in the, in the tens of millions of dollars. And, um, we have all kinds of, um, uh, whales, uh, Fiat whales that, um, own, uh, properties here in, in Naples, and so it's it's a, uh, um, one of the wealthiest zip codes in the country. And uh, so I connected with one of these guys, and um, I helped him do a conference that he was doing, a TradFi conference back in April of this year. And, uh, I suggested to him, I kind of orange pilled him. I said, Hey, you know, you, Miami's just right across the, right across the state. And it's kind of a Bitcoin capital. Have you ever thought about having a Bitcoin panel at your conference? And the day I met him and talked to him about that, he just blew me off. But uh, a few days later he called me up and he said, Hey, you know, that Bitcoin panel sounds like a good idea. So I started cold calling or cold DMing people on Twitter and, I um, actually was able to pull together a, a fairly decent panel. Well, it was Greg and Steven and Maddie uh, came to that conference. And it went off so well that uh, I, I came across Edwards' uh, Bitcoin Day. Actually, Greg Foss was going to Bitcoin Day in Sioux Falls a couple days after the conference in May. And, um, and so I asked Greg if he thought this would be a good thing for Naples and he was like, yeah, they, they do a great job. And, um, that's how we got to where we are right now. So I called Edward and, and he was all for it. So here we are.
13: Another speaker we don't have up there yet. Cause we're announcing it just now. Um, but I sneak preview that we're also, uh, Luke dash junior actually is down there. And so he's going to be coming as well. We're going to get him on the schedule. Um, but we're going to have, we're trying to get all the bit devs going, uh, to come in from, you know, the ones that are nearby, at least Miami and Tampa and those guys, but we're, we're going to have a, a bit devs, uh, kind of a day long, or right? I don't know if they are going to kind of just have one, like a, you know, a one hour thing, but, uh, have, we're going to have bit devs as well from all over Florida come together, uh, which is probably the first time they've ever done that. And then also, uh, Mike Yarmouz, he, uh, he's going to have a, uh, one of his uh, Bitcoin Blitz uh, chess tournaments as well.
6: Oh, that's brand new. I don't even know that. Thanks, Edward. That's that's cool. Chess <laughs> <Yeah. Best>
13: tournament. <laughs> um, and then yeah, we got so we got the the Bitcoin or the Toxic Happy Hour guys. So I don't. You want to talk about that? Is he still on?
12: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm here, man. Uh, All right. Yeah. So so I know Anders. I I think. Um, had reached out to you, and it's pretty cool uh, because it's you know we, we had just gone up to Charlotte, and it, man, when you, when your first conference is the Bitcoin conference, you 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 think like most conferences are like this. Um, of course, there's Bitblock Boom and Pacific Bitcoin Now are larger, but uh, it, it was great, man. Um, yeah, they invited us up uh, just to hang out, man, basically. And the great thing, what I and. Uh, I'm working my, my travel schedule, and if I'm here, I'm coming down there, man. Um, I know Anders will be there. Um, what was great is, and it takes you back to your roots, because the people that you have coming in, what, what you don't realize is how much you know. So people that have been in for a couple of years, you don't realize how much you've learned. And when you go to these conferences, and you meet, you meet people that were, that were in your shoes three, four, five years ago, it's just really cool because you're, you're like really you're helping somebody. You're really helping somebody to learn and, and understand. And that's my favorite part of it. Um, it it's not there just to uh, see and be seen. It's there because there are absolute um, no-coiners that, that come to these. And I remember up in Charlotte for Halloween, what was cool is you had, you, had some, you had some rooms going on everywhere. And one was simply, you know, showing them, hey, how do I download a, a Lightning Wallet? And, and to see their faces when you send them a, a, a few sats, they start to get it. Like, my God, this, I, I've got value outside the system here. This is the coolest thing ever. So, yeah, man. Um, yeah, talk to Capri. We'll, we'll, we'll come down there. Uh, I see Fossies on stage. I, I, he and Larry's there. So hopefully we'll, I'll, I'll, we'll meet up with them a, as well. Uh, because, man, at the end of the day, Bitcoin's about humanity, about the, about friendships, the friendships you meet, you meet here. here. It's Fantastic. It's fantastic.
15: Hey, Greg, how's it going? Hi, guys. Um, were you talking to Foss? Yeah.
13: Yeah.
15: Hey, nice, hey, nice to, nice to, talk, nice to, talk, to you guys. talk to you guys. I'm getting some, I'm getting feedback, some feedback, here.
13: feedback here. If um,
15: you're up
0: here and you're not mute, if you're not talking, mute yourself, please, because it causes that feedback.
15: Welcome,
0: welcome up. Greg.
15: Hey, Alex. How are you, buddy? I, I actually have to be up and then jump. I saw this thing come across. I'm actually going on a lead lag report spaces at noon. So I have to repl- uh, We'll have to uh, prepare for that a little bit. But I, I, I think I know why we're here. Uh, we're talking about the, uh, the Naples, Bitcoin Naples Day. Um, that'll be the second or third one I've been to. This will be number three. It's a great spot. It's a great group of people. Um, Larry Lapard's gonna be there. Um, I think I'm trying to get James Lavish to come. I know Maddie Ice is gonna be there. Uh I th- hope Steve Lubka Luka is gonna be there again. Um, because he put on a great show the last time. So uh looking forward to seeing everybody at uh Bitcoin Naples. Uh it won't be a disappointment. I promise you that. And uh uh pubby lives in the vicinity um i think tampa bay's within uh, a couple of hours drive right so uh let's hope to see everybody there and uh if i don't talk to you before the uh christmas break happy holidays to everybody uh 2023 is going to be an exciting year so let's get ready thanks guys
13: thanks thanks greg talk to you later have a <clears throat> merry christmas thanks for hopping on bro yeah, we hope to have so yeah, hopefully people come down from Tampa, Ansel is coming down. I think he's like in Jacksonville or something. He's 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 up north a little ways, but uh but we've talked to quite a few people coming from Miami too, so a few uh uh caravans hopefully coming from from Miami. So I think, you know, I I think it is even if you've been to Bitcoin 22 or whatever, I think it is certainly a different vibe, like I said, smaller and um little uh Less glitzy, maybe, but uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get people from both.
0: I like the smaller venues. You know, there's <clears throat> there's less people. Uh, the people-to-speaker ratio is a lot lower, and, you know, it's more intimate. You can spend more time talking to them, and, and it, I I like those environments a lot better, personally. It's one of the reasons why Pacific Bitcoin did so well, is it was smaller, and we and
13: we're having it at, a, at a, the college down there, um, and I think that uh, you know I'm, I'm hoping we'll get some students from the college if we can get the word out to them, and then uh, and then also you know wanting to make it uh, like I really like the the Bitcoin Summer model where they were you know doing development uh, with students. That's kind of the working with colleges. That's kind of their mo- the model or the vibe that I'm looking to. To recreate is get some students uh, orange pilled or help them get into this uh, space more. So
0: Very cool, very cool.
6: Yeah, so we're, we're at uh, Florida Southwestern State College, um, which is its main campus is up in Fort Myers, um, but they do have a, a campus down in Naples that uh, it's named after the county. So it's the Collier campus where Naples is in Collier County and um, it's beautiful a small little campus it's you know got about um maybe eight or ten buildings on the campus and uh, we've got a nice room uh, a large uh, room in one of the buildings and then a smaller classroom on the side for some networking events and probably that chess event will take place in that room um a beautiful little setting and I know we've been talking about Florida people, but, you know, um, Naples is a beautiful uh, vacation destination. So uh, in January, the weather is absolutely beautiful. Uh, The beaches are awesome. You can come down for a long weekend, stay in a nice hotel, spend uh, Friday on the beach, Saturday at Bitcoin Day and Sunday on the beach, and head back to wherever you're coming from and be totally relaxed.
0: Oh, you're no, killing, you're me, right killing me right now. Yeah, it's negative fifty-three 50 30 degrees 30. outside. All right. Uh, if anybody in the audience has any questions, you want to come up and ask these guys. Go ahead and request to come up. We'll bring you up, uh, and then we will give these gentlemen a few moments to make some closing comments before we wrap the show today.
13: I know. Uh, I know. I've talked to people coming from Houston, so we've got. Uh... Got people coming from all over, like John's saying.
0: Ant, go
4: ahead. Thank you. Uh, John, Maddie, uh, I I was just wondering, I'm just kind of looking through your, you know, through your stuff, recent stuff. Can you tell me your opinions on Web3 and products like Stepin, for example, and just, you know, where are you on ethereum where are you on crypto bitcoin like what what do you think about web3 and its future this can be for either of you actually
6: alex are you gonna allow that on this uh i was gonna ask i I mean maddie's maddie's very knowledgeable and, and Maddie's knowledgeable. I'm sure he can answer, but uh, you 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 want us to answer that, Alex?
0: Yeah, look, God, look. <laughs> we do this we thing, do called, this the thing called the Crucible on this show sometimes, where sometimes you know there's hard questions. So I don't mind. Go ahead.
14: Sure, let me take it from here then. Um, me personally, I I use different uh, platforms, different things. I like to gamble. Um, I like to do different things. So. Um, where I'm at with Web three, I, I I'm fully bullish Web three. I'm fully bullish Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin is my savings. It's it's where I store most of my wealth. Um, when I like to gamble, I, I I I use stuff on Ethereum. I play different you know Metaverse games. I I do all sorts of stuff. So um, for me, there's a use case. There's a value there. It's it's not anywhere near the same value as Bitcoin, um, but but yeah, I have fun with all sorts of stuff. I I like to gamble. I like to go to the casino. I like to do all sorts of stuff. So. Um, with a small portion of my wealth, I, I gamble and, and do that kind of stuff. Does does that answer your question?
1: <laughs> when you say gamble, do you mean literally gaming or, or oh. are you talking talking about purchasing, you know, uh, shit coins and then gambling on return? Oh, all of the above. So
14: quite literally I go like, for example, if you go on, if you uh, use Ethereum, if you've ever heard of the metaverse, if you go into, um, say you go into, uh, Decentraland you can literally go to a casino in Decentraland and gamble (laughs) so I like to do stuff like that um you know there's all sorts of different things you can do gamble for returns um but for the most of my wealth I'm just you know dollar cost averaging and stacking sats but um yeah there's a lot of different fun things you can do out there um most of it's probably 90 percent of all of it is scams um Ponzi schemes all sorts of different stuff but uh there's definitely other, there's definitely things that I find value in personally, aside from Bitcoin, although I just think they're different things, right? Um, you know, you don't go, you don't uh, store all your wealth in, uh, you know, Baccarat casino chips, but you might like to go play and gamble and do different things. So that's the way I like to look at it, if that makes sense. All
0: right, I want to welcome right. up Isaiah Jackson. Yeah. Uh, also known as Bitcoin Day, I didn't recognize it because of the no no. <laughs> but hey, welcome up, man! Uh, also a speaker at Bitcoin Day.
7: Hey, Alex, uh, thanks for that. Uh, uh, thanks to uh, Bitcoin Day for the invite. Uh, looking forward to it. Um, wasn't able to make uh, Bitcoin Day Charlotte, which is actually my hometown. I was disappointed, so I'm definitely going to be there in Naples. I uh, can't wait to speak um, and discuss, you know, Bitcoin across generations. And uh, how we can save long term and get family involved and, and make sure uh, that we store our value uh, across time uh, as much as possible. So uh, shout out to everybody on the panel and um, to uh, everyone that's that's been listening today. I just popped in not too long ago. So, uh, you know, great, great for the community. And, and hopefully we can make Bitcoin Day uh, one of the biggest conferences in the world.
13: I'm looking to hear, I'm looking forward to hearing Isaiah talk. I am medium. I I uh, obviously followed him for a while
7: and uh yeah, it's, it's gonna be exciting. Oh yeah, likewise, looking forward to it. I've uh, I've been working with the kids a lot the last couple of years with summer camps. Um, and now I just got the green light for uh after school and um actually uh public school in Charlotte as well. Uh to start with uh with uh what they call financial literacy, but We're just uh, shrubbing it in that for the curriculum, but it'll be uh, mostly Bitcoin. So, yeah, uh, being able to take what you have, pass it to family members, kids, uh, something I'm definitely passionate about now that I have a a baby girl. All
0: right, gentlemen, gentlemen, I want to thank all of you for being here, but uh, we're pretty much going to wrap at this point. Um, If you would like to make some closing comments, go ahead, and then we'll, uh, we'll finish up.
13: John or Maddie, you want to go first?
6: Uh, sure, so just, sure. Uh, just uh well, well, come to Bitcoin Day in Naples. We're we'd love to have you. We got a great community and uh we got a great lineup. So uh yeah, come on down.
14: Breakfast and lunch included.
6: <laughs>
14: <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Uh, uh, thanks guys for having us on.
13: Yeah, and of course happy R2 with Pubby and Anders and uh yeah, come on down, we got the chest bit devs. Toxic happy hour. And uh, so, yeah, it'll be a great chance to meet local folks and have some people coming in from uh, all over. So, Day.io, you can get your tickets and use SWAN for uh, 10% off. So, promo code is SWAN, and you get 10% off your tickets. So, thank you guys.
6: Yeah, also, real quick, the ticket prices go up Christmas or the day after Christmas. So, if you're thinking about a Christmas present, Bring your uh, family, friends, whatever. Grab some uh, some cheap tickets before Christmas Day.
0: righty then, uh, that's a wrap. Thanks for being here, guys. Do appreciate it. Uh, you have been listening to Cafe Bitcoin. the place for your morning news. prefer to hang out for some of the smartest minds in the Bitcoin industry. This is also a podcast it's up on Fountain, Spotify, and Apple. You can throw me or a Swan a follow to be notified of when those drop. Thanks to Swan Bitcoin, the sponsor of the show, my crew, and Peter Sets for Life, producer Jacob. I'm your host, Alex Stanzik, and I work for Swan. If you want to know more about Swan? Shoot me a DM. I'm happy to help you. Thanks again to the speakers that came today and that come every day that spend their time to teach people about this bright orange future. So what we call getting on the mission. If you don't know what that means, hang out. You'll figure it out. Love all you guys. Everybody have a great day today.
8: Pressure.